As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. This is the 80s show on iHeartRadio. Yay, Monday. Welcome back to another week of soul-destroying drudgery where you and me piss our lives away underneath fluorescent tubes wondering where it will ever end in this inbred corporate landscape we inhabit. Oh, I'm sorry. I haven't had coffee yet. No, I mean, like, I'd ask you how your day was, but, like, here's the thing. Or I'd ask, ask you how your day is so far. Uh, but here's the thing, it is a Monday. A Monday suck big swinging hairy things that distend from animals that I can't mention by name on the radio and remain employed. So, therefore, I'll just, uh, rather than ask you how your Monday is working out so far, uh, knowing that it's probably going something like mine, um, <clears throat> you sick? Yeah, I'm sick too. It's going around. I'd say Funkhauser gave it to me, but you appear to be chipper and healthy this morning, Funkhauser. I deeply resent that. Usually I'd be happy for you in this position, but now I'm sick. I, I-, I feel as though somehow you managed to give it to me. Let's just hope it's a temporary thing, because for me it lasted like, you know, 48 hours or something, then I'm chipper back to my normal self. I wish that on you too. (laughs) Where would we be without Funkhauser's chipper normal self? So today I will, uh, rather than asking how you are, sending you good tidings for the day, I'll just say it's Monday, it's gonna suck, we'll get through it together. I got a really nice tweet over the weekend, though, Funkhauser. Did you see this, too? It was a guy called Jeff yeah. who who said, like, oh, man, the number of laws I would be willing to break to hang out with you guys. I thought that was so cool, because not because it, it, it feeds our uh, psychotic, underfed radio egos, but because do you ever, uh, you ever watch something like, I don't know, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee? Have you ever seen that show? Me? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Have you? Do you watch it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On Crackle, right? On, on Crackle, yeah. And for those that don't know, it's basically, it's basically Jerry Seinfeld hanging out with a bunch of his favorite comedians, and they're just kind of shooting the yes, and then it's edited down into something that's about 10, 15 minutes long that's really cool to watch. I love it. I mean, I'm a huge Seinfeld fan, obviously, so I'm partial, but the thing that I like about it so much is it really does give this sort of like... Window into the world of what it might be like to hang out, eat lunch, have coffee with Jerry Seinfeld. And they make it look like a lot of fun. 
And uh, it seems like it is, you know, having heard people interviewed that have been on the show and having heard him talk about the show, it really is very natural. I mean, there's cameras there, but it really is just him hanging out with his buddies. And I get this urge watching it to go see if there's a way to, you know, muscle my way onto that show. There isn't, of course, but it's just that it looks like so much fun hanging out, being part of whatever it is, their conversation. And the fact that someone like Jeff would tweet us and say, man, what I wouldn't give to hang out with you guys for an afternoon. That to me says we're doing something right. <laughs> says that like, if we, you and I, Funkhauser, are sounding like we could be fun to hang out with, then really we're doing the kind of radio I want to do, which is as close to real life as possible. Other people blow themselves up to these, like, comic book-esque proportions and manufacture outrage. And eh, to me, the type of radio I like to try to do is, this is basically what it would be like if you were just hanging out with us. And uh, the fact that um, that seems to be a fun thing to do, <laughs> well, I'm stoked for that. And uh, thank you so much for what I consider to be a compliment of the highest order. If you want to uh, contribute to the show, maybe by giving us compliments of the highest order or uh, by uh, telling us when we're wrong or perhaps joining in the conversation, you can do that by tweeting along at ADSXE is where you can tweet me. At FunkFM is where you can tweet Super producer to the stars, Barry Funkhauser. Or if you have an ISDN machine, you can get us that way, too. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. If you have radio technology in your house, which now costs about $15, um, go for it. Join in. We'll, uh, we'll give you the ISDN number, and you can become part of the radio family. Uh, today in the show... <laughs> I don't know if you caught it or not, but uh, Sarah Palin has apologized for screwing up Jan- John McCain's campaign. She said he she holds herself personally responsible. <laughs> wow. That's a, maybe she did some work on herself. Did you see that thing where, like, the Palin family went to a, a party, which turned into a 20-person fist fight? It was, like, a week ago. Did you see that? Do you catch that in the news, Funkhauser? Usually I'm into the public brawls, but no, I'm not following <laughs> Palin lately. Yeah, classy family. Um, let's uh, we'll get into that later. Right now, though, let's take a look at the events of today in our segment, My Witness News. In no way, shape, or form, fair. Certainly not balanced. Funkhauser. A. How was your weekend? B. What's going on in the world? Weekend was good. It was hot here. Here it was probably less hot there, but still hot. Uh, so I well, I had a good weekend. The thing about where you live in Los Angeles, Pasadena, Pasagetdowndina, is, is is that where it is? Pasadena? Yeah, the home of the three-day One Direction concert that happened this week. <laughs> well, whatever else it's known for, it's kind of an historic neighborhood, sort of, really. It's like, you know, the buildings are a little older, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's very peaceful and pretty. An old yeah, Hollywood. And- the old, uh, the old buildings are great. They're charming. They're rustic. Like, you go up to the northeast or you go down south and you, you see sort of like Savannah in Georgia or something like that or uh, different parts of Massachusetts where there are these sort of like beautiful sort of like 1800s era houses with wraparound porches and it's just gorgeous and uh, it, it's fantastic until you get inside one of those during the summertime and realize that there's no central air conditioning which uh, you suffer from this weekend right yeah I got a box in a window that's about it 100 101 in, in Los Angeles I heard 105 where I was really yeah that's what my nether region said <laughs> after they went 
Uh, yeah, in uh, in California, the taxes are uh, outrageous. Is I think what a lot of people say when they open up their paycheck, look at it, and go, "Hmm, I feel like I worked a lot harder than that." And the answer is always this: when you complain about California taxes. Hmm. Oh, yeah, it's sunshine tax. It's what you pay to live in such a beautiful climate where it's perfect all the time. Never gets below 80, or never gets below 70, never gets above 80. And uh, either when it drops below that, <laughs> when it drops below that pre prescribed temperature, or when it goes above 80, I feel as though California natives should get a rebate. Like, don't you feel, Funkhauser, that if you step out of your house and you're paying California taxes and parts of you start sticking to other parts of you, you should get some sort of rebate? fund in April? Yeah, but instead we get electricity ripped away from us in those situations and we have to flex our freaking power. Barf. Have you ever to do that Brownouts. Yet? You know about brownouts, that? Brownouts, right? Yeah, yeah, like California brownouts. Isn't that what they... Well, because the like, people the, can't... The state comes out with this thing where today is a flex alert and you have to like turn off most of your electricity. You don't get fined or anything. I don't think you get fined, but they have these flex days when you're, you know, when they can't deal with the power grid. They want you to turn unnecessary items off. Yeah. Ooh, that's lame. And for that uh, and for that privilege you pay extra taxes. I the whole extra taxation thing, I'd get behind if I could earmark where the hell it went. Like if I could say, "Hey, I'll pay, I don't know, I'll pay, I'll, I'll pay double what I'm paying now as long as I know the pothole that is at the end of my road that's given me like two flat tires in the last uh, in as many months. If you could actually get that filled in, that would be effing great. Or if I could say, hey, um, I, I'll pay double as long as I know it's going to go to the care of veterans after they come home from the war. That would be cool, too. Hey, but no, not, not so much. It's uh, It's a little. Yeah, you wonder sometimes, don't you? Yep. I do, anyway. <laughs> uh, let, let's take a look at the news. What, what's been going on? Oh, well, wait, wait, wait. wait no. The point I wanted to get to is you went out for air conditioning, right? Yeah, I went to the California Science Center down there by the Coliseum where the, they did the 84 Olympics. And uh-huh. all that stuff is it's very uh, patriotic down there. and uh, They had good air conditioning and a $2 admission fee. So. Do you think it was a $1 admission fee on days when it wasn't 105 but they were like, okay. <laughs> I don't remember paying the last time I went there, so I don't know. Maybe See? $2 there you go. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. What's going on in the world? Well, Kanye did something in Australia. Uh, he was at a, in his concert. He, uh, he stopped his concert in Australia to, to yell at a handicapped guy in a wheelchair who did not stand up for the rest of the crowd with the rest of the crowd when he's all yeah. stand up. Yeah, still not everybody standing up. And they're like, "We can't paraplegia, but go on with the show, please." No, no, I'm not going on with the show till everybody stands up. And then he, I think he questioned the validity of their wheelchairs before he so, like, yeah, that's that's what people do. They sneak into concerts with wheelchairs so they can get better seats. Yeah, <laughs> and then the dude held up his prosthetic leg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, I haven't seen Kanye look like this big of an ass since uh, every other moment of his life. Now only gives Ray Rice a slight lead over Kanye as the world's worst person ever. Uh, What else? Uh, Can I add a person to that list? Yeah. Nick Jonas uh, is in the news. He's going to reportedly play a gay man in a new TV series. Oh, amazingly enough. 
Amazingly enough, the series isn't a reality show. Uh, <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that. I, I think producers wanted to have Jonas play this particular role after seeing how convincingly he plays a gay man in everyday life. Go on. A 25-year-old Las Vegas woman married a cardboard cutout of Robert Pattinson. <laughs> and there's places in, like... I think this was a legally binding marriage, too. Uh, bear in mind, there, there's places in this country where uh, you can have sex with animals, but you can't marry a person of the same sex because they're worried it's going to lead to sex with animals. <laughs> it's a kind of a weird contradiction that we find in this country. But if, if a 25-year-old woman in Las Vegas can legally marry a cardboard cutout of Robert Pattinson, mm, yeah, uh, it raises some interesting questions. But the uh, the couple... The, the happily married 25-year-old Las Vegas woman with her cardboard cut out of that guy from uh, Twilight. Yeah, they're, they're, they're registered if you want to get them a gift at Bed Bath and Beyond Depressing. <laughs> her friends say the cardboard cutout is exactly like the real Robert Pattinson, though, except with infinitely more acting range. Go on. Well, uh, we are dog lovers here, but uh-huh. I don't know if your dog's worth 13 grand. Uh, um, Paris Hilton. My dog is, my dog is priceless, but was adopted for free. Yeah, mine was thirty-five bucks. Man, it was great. Mm. Paris Hilton bought a thirteen-thousand-dollar Pomeranian. Oh yeah, yeah. It's this thirteen-thousand-dollar dog that you can fit in the palm of your hand. Uh, if you want one for yourself, they can be purchased at <clears throat> whytheterroristshateus.org or .net. Yeah, or .net. The dog's getting cozy in its new home right now, in a purse, squeezed between Marlboros and condoms that will never get used because she's a dirty skank that doesn't care about diseases because she's got them all already. At least there's an iPhone 6 in that purse. <laughs> Probably. I was trying to, uh... uh so <laughs> someone... <laughs> Came up with a, uh, with, um, w- w- you know, like the, the super disease that the Kardashians and the Hilton sisters probably have. And, uh, Hadesitis is what it is, which is a unique combination of hepatitis AIDS and herpes. Hadesitis. I'd like to kind of make that a thing. Uh, see if we can get that one to uh, permeate the social zeitgeist. Uh, so if you're listening, try and work that into the show. Hadesitis, a combination of three sexually transmitted disease uh, most widely uh, <laughs> most widely accepted to be spread by the Kardashians. Hadesitis. What else? Danielle Watts is an African-American actress who appeared in Django Unchained. Uh-huh. Uh, I think she was the wife. I was pretty sure. Uh, she was handcuffed and detained by LAPD, who thought she was a prostitute because she was seen kissing a man who turned out to be her husband in public. Mm, a white man. They're Ooh. like, oh, black woman kissing a white man. Uh, must be prostitution. It's hard to believe, you know, that a married couple still shows affection. <laughs> I heard there's uh, more than one side to uh, the story. Like, it does make the L.A. cops look awfully bad. But apparently someone, they they were like making out in their car or something like that. And somebody called the cops on them. They're like, "Uh, yeah, um, people are having sex in the car. Looks like prostitution. And uh, so the cops had to show up and check it out. And, um, (laughs) And now it's turned into this huge thing like where she's like the husband took pictures and it's exploding on the interwebs and she's calling for social justice and there's lawsuits and all this sort of stuff and the cops are like yeah we were kind of just 
we had to check it out because it was called in. It's one of those things where there's going to be three sides to every story. There's going to be one person's side, the other person's side, and somewhere in the middle lies the truth, and no one's ever going to know. But it is post-Ferguson, rather unfortunate timing. Sometimes you just know you're done You're longing for that shining sun You walk these streets most every day You're waiting to get washed away Go ahead, favorite the show and enjoy AD on the go iHeartRadio presents AD So, so, AIDS, herpes and AIDS, AIDSitis, herpes, AIDS, and hepatitis. We attribute these things to people with the last name Kardashian and Hilton. And uh, I got a tweet from uh, uh, from Jeff, who was actually the guy, I think, who, who said it would be great to hang out with us. And I think it might be kind of fun to hang out with him, too, Funkhauser, because he's got all these interesting takes on, uh, on, on combinations of... He's got all these interesting takes on combinations of venereal diseases. Uh, <laughs> gonorrhea passidalphilus, gonorrhea, the herpaderp, syphilis, and the big A. He said, uh, just want to have any, everything under that big umbrella. Uh, let's continue with the news before we get into how uh, Sarah Palin ruined someone's presidential campaign by her own admission. I can't wait. Uh, <laughs> with Adrian Peterson out of the lineup, the New England Patriots easily defeated the Vikings of Minnesota. Yeah, yeah although it probably wouldn't be appropriate to call it a whooping. <sighs> Did you see why he missed the game? He beat the crap out of his kid with a tree branch. Mmm, I wonder what the kid did. I don't know. The, uh, I, I would hazard a... Did you... Uh, do, were you spanked as a child? <laughs> well, no, I was just threatened. Don't make threatened. me get the switch, because if, if, uh, if I got in trouble... I, I think maybe like once or twice I got the switch, but I had to pick it from the tree in the backyard. Oh, you had to go out and choose the instrument of your own destruction. Yeah, yeah, and if it wasn't big enough, oh boy, I'd get in trouble. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. Like, my parents didn't hit me, and um, but I always thought like if I was asked to go out and get a switch, it'd be like, eh, craziest thing. Not a tree branch around. I did find this rather awful and vicious looking feather. So, you know, uh, go to town. But that's so did you do you think that being spanked kept you in line? I don't think so, because I don't remember being spanked. You know, I remember that line of threat, but I don't remember it ever coming true. I think it was just the scare tactic. Were you afraid of it? Did it scare you? Um, well, I guess so, because I never got, I never got it. Maybe I got it once or twice, but I, I, not really. It didn't, it didn't really have that much of an effect on me. I know I don't, uh, if it happened, it was way before I could remember, and, like, it didn't happen in my impressionable So do you think it, uh, do you think, uh, do you think the two beatings you had, uh, do you think they contributed to the strength of your character and your good behavior as a child? I don't think so. (laughs) Because, like, I was not spanked as a kid. I I wasn't spanked. But I do know some people that were spanked growing up. Their character's impeccable. Like, (laughs) one's an adult, one's a kid. 
And the kid, like, is probably 10, 11. Nicest little dude I've ever met in my life. Super awesome. And, uh, and his mom once told me, like, once I did beat his ass really bad. Like, he was just being awful. And, you know, in a department store, I took him into the bathroom, and he got an ass whooping. And he has never needed one since. All I have to do is be like, hey, and... We're, we're in good shape and he is the sweetest little kid you've ever met in your life like if i have a kid in terms of manners and being polite and all this sort of stuff this is what i would want and he had one beating in his life and it seemed to work out and then i know an adult that you know was spanked and is just like the nicest person on the face of the planet and always considerate of other people's feelings and but what's interesting is uh, <laughs> It seems as though I was not spanked as a kid, and um, I don't know if I was bad, necessarily. I don't think I... I wasn't a bad kid. I, I never... I was very rebellious when I hit, like, 14 or so. From there on in, I was just like, F the world, I'm doing my own thing, and there's nothing anybody can do about it. And I would I would rebel, and I would do bad things, but my... I would never do anything that would hurt anybody else. Never do anything that would hurt anybody else. But, like, I remember sort of not being spanked, I think it is much more the mental terror that you inflict your kids to when you say, go cut me a switch. Like, that would probably strike fear into your heart and bowels as a kid, right, Funkhauser? Yeah, I, I think that's where it began. Yes. Like, it's, like maybe you get one big, you know, throwdown, and then it's the, you know, the fear of another one. Mm-hmm. Like, I haven't been stung by a bee since I was about three years old. And it was, like, terrible, awful, because, you know, I was three. But in my mind, like, I'm still kind of scared of bees because, like, the last time I got a bee sting, it was, like, one of the worst things that had ever happened to me. So I still feel as though if I get stung by a bee, it'll be something that makes me cry, <laughs> you know? So it's like, I wonder if that, that, that mental thing is in there. But as a kid that wasn't beat, I was kind of an instigator, like... Because I didn't have that mental fear attached to it. Like, I remember as a kid, sort of like four or five years old, wanting to do something or play video games or something. And, like, we'd been told, no, you can't play video games right now. And I was like, let's just play video games. And your parents are, you know, not paying attention. And and he was like, well, when they come back, I don't want to get a spanking. And I was just like, what... And I kind of worked out the cost-benefit analysis of the whole thing as a child. And I remember pinching my friend. I was like, that's how much it's going to hurt. Your parents aren't bad people. They're not going to beat you, beat you. That's the amount of pain. That did, that, did that hurt? And he was like, no. And I was like, so let's play some video games. And he, it was the fear, I think, that kept him from doing anything wrong, as opposed to the actual amount of pain he had to go through. Like, the pain that you have to go through when you catch an ass whooping, unless your parents are evil monsters, is probably... <laughs> or, or unless your parents are Adrian Peterson... Um, the pain that you have to go to when you catch an ass whooping is probably much smaller than the pleasure that you're going to get by doing whatever the hell it is you want to do that's going to get you the ass whooping in the first place. Does that make sense? I can pick it up. Yeah, there we go. I can follow that uh, what logic. Else? Yeah, yeah, what else? Ray Rice says he's quit drinking. Yeah, well, I imagine he was able to beat the bottle by pretending it was a woman. <laughs> Not funny. <laughs> Ah, it's a little funny. Go on. <laughs> okay. A Florida man claims George Zimmerman threatened to shoot him when he cut him off in traffic. Though, in his defense, he's George Zimmerman and shooting people pretty much his thing. Continue. Online orders for the iPhone 6 has caused Apple's website to crash. Yeah, I saw that. Very popular device, the iPhone 6. 
Yeah, nothing inspires consumer confidence like a technology company that can't keep its website running smoothly. Please continue. A sixth grade girl told Mr. President Obama that she was disappointed that he was visiting her classroom because she thought he was going to she thought she was going to see Beyonce. Yeah. Obama wasn't offended. At this stage in the game, he's really really used to disappointing people, including America in general, according to Sarah Palin, which is why she would like to apologize for tanking John McCain's presidential campaign. Delivering fascinating subjects, interesting talk, and boobs and fart jokes. AD on iHeartRadio. Have you seen the uh, new Burger King burger? Have you seen this? It's an interesting one. Right now it's only in Japan, but um, there's talk of it coming over here. I I would probably eat it out of a morbid curiosity, but if you haven't seen the new Burger King burger, it's, it's a burger served with black meat, black cheese, and black buns. Apparently it's sort of like, I don't know, food coloring or something like that. It, it tastes the same. And uh, it, you just look at it and it looks like evil. So you wouldn't necessarily want to want to eat it because, you know, black cheese doesn't look like it's going to be healthy for you. A black piece of bread doesn't look like it's going to be healthy for you. But, like, I would totally eat it out of a morbid curiosity because apparently, you know, it, it, it's exactly, it, it tastes like, it tastes the same. It, apparently, it's the black hamburger. It's just like a regular hamburger, except cops in Ferguson, Missouri, are more likely to shoot it. Militias plan on blocking bridges at the Texas-Mexican border. Officials in Star County in Texas, they're bracing for a potentially major event. Militia forces guarding the U.S. border. Officials receive word that the militia members are planning to block bridges into Mexico in Rio Grande City as a way of protesting illegal border crossings. They're here to block traffic to be a hindrance between traffic and the port of entry that causes a problem. This is according to uh, Rio Grande City Mayor, uh, City Mayor Ruben Villarreal. It's a huge safety issue. Yeah, wouldn't sort of like potential ISIS members and drug cartels that cross into America right around there, wouldn't that also constitute a safety concern? Call me crazy, but I I don't know. As long as it's down there and they're not marching through in my neighborhood, I'll take a Tea Party militia over MS-13 gangs or ISIS any day of the week. You can, yeah, go for it and knock yourself out. Go nuts. If the government isn't doing it, like, honestly, it's one of those things where I don't know how useful it's going to be, but if they want to do it, God bless them, because, you know what, (laughs) we're not really looking after the borders so much, so I kind of get where they're coming from, especially if they live down there. I don't know if they're, like, traveling to be down there, but if that affects you directly, if that's your neighborhood, and all of a sudden you find it as a potential place where folks in ISIS are going to, like, you know, walk across the Mexican border... Or where, you know, MS-13 gangs are going to set up shops so they can uh, do their Mexican drug cartel operations out of your backyard. I can understand that. I can understand wanting to get involved, especially if uh, local government wasn't doing that. And there's not a ton of, uh, there's not a ton of faith in Obama at the moment. I think 
You know what? I think it wasn't necessarily what he said, but the way he said it. I think people just want to see more conviction from this guy. Because what he said was kind of, you know, uh, the way it should be. Hey, terrorists, members of ISIS, ISIL, we will find you, um, and we're going to hunt you down. And uh, countries that harbor ISIS or ISIL, well, you are complicit, and you need to watch your ass. Uh, I'm paraphrasing, though, but that should have been how he said it. He just did that sort of like, I don't know, that kind of lackadaisical, sort of ineffectual, not wanting to upset anybody Obama thing. It's interesting. I talk to my dad every once in a while about this sort of stuff, and he's he's in Kosovo. He moved out there to do human rights work as a lawyer. And uh, my dad was a pretty big fan of Obama when the election was going on. And, uh, or at least when the first election was going on, like a lot of people, um, I think his support for Obama has waned as his term has, (laughs) has continued. But uh, my dad was kind of a fan of his back in the day, especially with regard to his sort of like foreign policy. There was this whole thing like, "Ah, does Obama really know how to deal with different countries? And my father was at something in Kosovo where Obama spoke or something like that. And he was like, no, he gets it. He gets international relations. And... I was like, okay, dad, you know, from the outside looking in, like here in America, we get kind of like bent out of shape about everything. We, you know, it's right here in our face. It's, it's a very clear and present thing. And, you know, like American media makes money by sensationalizing, sensationalizing, sensationalizing. See, that's how, that's how much of an honest journalist I am. I can't even say the word sensationalizing without losing control of my mouth because it just feels morally objectionable. Yeah, the American media sensationalizes absolutely everything for uh, for a chance to make as much money off of it as possible. Uh, Glenn Beck, Glenn Beck, who I actually kind of like, you know, like it, it's funny. My uh, a lot of people are like really that guy. You, you like that guy? I was like, well, you know, he's really good at what he does. Occasionally, I'll listen to him, and I think he's kind of changed his whole stance on everything over the last year or so. Whether it's because he realizes that he's got to be more inclusive to survive. Uh, or whether it's because he actually has had a bit of a change in a change of heart and this whole rhetoric that he trots out of like it's not right and left it's right or wrong we've got to come together and recognize that we all want the same things we just have a different way of getting there which is actually really close to what i'm saying it's almost like he's using this show as show prep <laughs> but uh, i don't think he's using this show as show prep uh, but here's the thing Folks like him, he'll he'll sort of you know, it's frustrating. I hope I never get to this stage. I hope I'm never making so much money off of something where I compromise what I'm doing. But it's just like he'll tell it like it's the end of all times, the end of days. Like you better be ready to go because it's gonna happen. Whatever's gonna happen, but it's how we survive after that. And uh, right now, you can get the Survivalist Pack for only $700 on my website. It's like, you wonder. Like, it's the fear-mongering that you can make money off of. And and that's what, you know, I pick him out as an example, just because a lot of people say, he's lost the plot. He's, uh, my my right-wing talk radio friends are like, he's lost the plot. He's embracing the left. He's a sellout. He's a, yeah, uh, rhino, rhino, Republican in name only. But even even that guy, who's sort of like an example of something that's a little bit more level-headed and inclusive these days, because that's what's paying the bills, he's still trying to fear-monger so people buy sort of like, you know, 
by uh, by the guns of the gun manufacturers he's in bed with and by uh, the survival packs of the survivalist folks that he's in bed with financially and like oh really all the stuff he says to be afraid of there's a cure for it on his website and that's just a microcosm of how the american media operates so it's a little hard sometimes when you're here ensconced in all of it you know getting bogged down in fear 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 hate 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 obama's useless 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 which I do kind of feel he is at the moment, it's impossible to kind of, like, get a clear picture. So often I defer to my father, who is involved in American politics, but also has a bird's-eye view of the situation. You know, he's not so mired in it. He's not so ensconced in it. He's a little bit more removed, and he's a little bit more objective because this stuff doesn't affect his daily life. I was like, all right, Dad, you were an Obama fan back in the day. You probably caught the speech. What do you think? And he was like, ah, just Obama feels... To me and, you know, like most of the people I talk to, to the rest of the rest of the world, he just he feels lost. He feels like he doesn't really know what he's doing. He feels out of his depth. And uh, for that reason, because Obama is so woefully out of his depth, according to the uh, according to the general zeitgeist, Sarah Palin would like to apologize, which is interesting. I think this is probably the first time I've ever heard of Sarah Palin apologizing. But it sounds like she's finally apologizing to conservatives for screwing John McCain's presidential run in 2008. In an interview on Sean Hannity's show last week, Sarah said, quote, As I watched President Obama's speech, the thought going through my mind was, I, I owe America a global apology, or I owe America a global apology. Because through all of this, John McCain should be our president. He had the advice about the residual forces that must be left behind in order to secure the peace in Iraq that we had fought so hard for. She didn't say what she was apologizing for. Sean didn't press her. He was anxious to cut to a cool map of the Middle East that showed the cities controlled by the terrorist group ISIS. Uh, But we'll never know how McCain would have fared without Sarah Palin. But I think we can all agree that it made his campaign much more entertaining and probably not in a way beneficial to McCain. I remember when she came out, everyone was like, oh, yeah, hey, like a tough broad. That's kind of cool. Maybe this will work. And then she opened her mouth and uh, it all went horrendously pear shaped. (sighs) She did hijack the McCain campaign because look at it. Look at her now. Look at her now. (laughs) That could have been the vice president of America. That could have been the president of America if McCain had one too many cheeseburgers and bit the bucket the way old people are often wont to do. Look at her political career now. Way too busy fame whoring a new book. The War on Christmas Part 2. Way too busy getting fired from her gig, working for Fox News. Way too busy whoring her daughters out to reality TV. Or hosting her new show on the Sportsman Channel about the, and I quote, red, white, and blue. Oh, red, wild, and blue America. That was it. Yeah, nobody watched that. And so she set up her own internet channel instead. Oh, God. People are stupid enough to forget uh, forget all about that and vote for Sarah Palin in the next election, but uh, yeah, not this election. It, it would be like Ronald Reagan running for president while he was busy shooting Bedtime for Bonzo. <laughs> See what I did there? Ronald Reagan co-starring with a monkey movie reference that 98% of the audience didn't get, but to the 2% who did get it, I am now a god. 
So, <sighs> self-pleasuring four times a week should not kill you. I know this from a couple decades of experience, but uh, somehow it killed this guy. 23-year-old guy called Zen Gang. Zen Gang. Medical student at uh, Wuhan University in China a few years back. And apparently he was paying for part of his tuition by making several deposits at the school's sperm bank. Funkhauser, did you go to college? Uh, Sort of. Did they have a sperm bank on campus? Not at the community that I went to. Yeah, I don't know. This must be a Chinese thing. I, like, it's interesting because, like, it was well documented that uh, one of the major problems of that China faces is population control. So it seems odd that while they're encouraging people and, and not allowing them to have as many kids as they want to have, it seems odd that they're uh, backlogging sperm on college campuses. Like the Alex Jones-style conspiracy theorist in me uh, wants to go out on a limb going like they're planning some sort of like Chinese super army. They only want the uh, college students because they want it to be smart super army or something. I don't know. I do know this, though. This guy was getting busy to pay for college by uh, making regular deposits at the school sperm bank. And uh, this is kind of an older story, but it's just coming out now. In February of 2012, he went to the bank to make his fourth deposit of the week. Went into one of the private rooms with a pornographic piece of literature. And never came out. After about two hours, the nurses noticed he'd been in there for an awfully long time. And finally checked on him. And they found him on the floor, unconscious, with the magazine still in his hand, dead from a heart attack. His story has just become public now after his family decided to sue the university. They say the school is responsible for his death and want around $800,000 in damages for death by fapping. Careful as you go today. I know it sucks as a Monday, but if you decide you need a little executive relief, want to fire off a few knuckle children, you might want to uh, <laughs> you might want to trim it back a bit. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.